In these uncertain economic times, it's easy to be worried about protecting your wealth, your hard-earned savings, and your family's financial future. Plunging interest rates, the devaluating dollar, and political unrest constantly threaten what you have worked hard to earn and all that you own. That's why now it's more important than ever to protect your assets and have the money you need to make your dreams come true. Welcome to the Global Wealth Fortress Report with successful global entrepreneur and wealth preservation expert, Joel Nagel. Joel's helped thousands of people just like you protect what you have so that you can make even more and make your every dream come true. So, sit back and enjoy Joel Nagel's offshore expert advice on how you can live the good life at a great price, where the sun never sets on your financial fortress. Hello, 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 and welcome to Joel Nagel's Global Wealth Fortress Report. The good news, the good news is that Joel, um, America's number one asset protection attorney, just got back from a major conference in Belize, over 100 people, where I'm sure he got a lot of questions about how to protect your assets in these tough times. And we're going to ask him what he told them. Joel, welcome. Hey, Carter. Good to be with you. I'm actually still in Belize. I'm flying home tomorrow. But um, yeah, it was a, a lot of people here and uh, it was nonstop uh, action. And um, there was a lot of panic, honestly, um, you know, uh, from all sides of the political uh, spectrum. I, I would say one of the most interesting conversations I had was with a very, very successful uh, attorney who herself is a self-described liberal. She came up through the ranks uh, working with Ralph Nader, very, very, um, you know, very, very left-leaning progressive. Um, and, you know, she she's just as upset as any of the colleagues and friends on the right side of the political aisle. She's worried. She's scared. She's worried about asset protection. She's worried about, you know, getting a second residence or passport so that she can travel, not be, you know, locked out of, um, you know, free movement and things like that. So, I mean, normally in the past, you know, one side of the aisle was happy and one side of the aisle was unhappy. And now it seems right. like uh, the way it's the way it's working now, it seems like nobody's happy. Everybody is, um, you know, gasoline prices through the roof and inflation. Um, you know, we know a lot of the statistics are just complete fabrications in terms of, you know, unemployment, inflation, those types of numbers. They're just they're just not real. And the quality of life for people is eroding. And, uh, you know, that's that's hard for people. You know, again, it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, anarchist. You know, it doesn't matter. You're yep. you're you're feeling it and seeing it. And that's, uh, you know, it was, it's I mean, for for business, it's good. But for you know, when you sit down and talk to people and you realize how stressed and how much anxiety and fear they really have. I I mean, I've been at this 32 years. I've never, ever seen it like this, ever. Never, never. You know, you know, the Constitution, or I guess it's a declaration, talks about guaranteeing us a pursuit of happiness. There ain't no pursuit of happiness right now. You nailed it, Joel. The prices are out of sight. I saw the, the uh, manufacturing as a percent of GNP. The experts, the experts predicted it would be 16% year over year. It was 2%, Joel. So what does that tell you about the future? What does that tell you about the future? 
And even that 2%, you know, you wonder how real it is. I, I saw that the administration's trying to say that, you know, the U.S. economy outperformed China's, you know, for the first time in a number of years this quarter. But, you know, it's like everybody all around the world is hurting. So, you know, to say that, you know, you're doing poorly and I'm doing only marginally better than you doing poorly, that, that you know, that's not the, you know, measuring stick of success. So, yeah, that's, no. that's where we are right now. And, you know, it's people are also stressed out because, you know, at the moment, everything's going down. Right. It, 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 everything seems to be correlating with everything and everything's going down. So, um, you know, one, one of the exceptions at the moment is cash. I mean, the, the U.S. dollar is artificially going up because of war and, uh, you know, people in other parts of the world who see their currency as even worse. Yeah. The Europeans, honestly, I mean, we've seen the uh, the the euro dollar exchange rate go from about 125. It bottomed out at about you know 103, 104, and now it's 105, 106. But the dollar is at you know almost an all time high, and so to me, what that means is it's a good time if you are sitting on dollars to diversify out of them. You know, you, this is when you should be looking at alternative currencies like the Swiss franc, like the euro, some of the Scandinavian currencies, um, you know, maybe some of the Middle Eastern currencies and, and even, uh, you know, if you could buy the, the Russian um, ruble, I would say that as well, because uh, I think that'll eventually come back. You know, again, that, that touches on a political sore spot for a lot of people. So probably steer clear of the ruble, but the renminbi, the Chinese currency, I mean, all these currencies are artificially undervalued, meaning the US dollar is artificially overvalued. So particularly if tomorrow you're gonna get up and go to work and make more dollars, then why not from an asset protection standpoint, convert some of what you have into these other currencies. And that's, that's really the, the number one message that we were talking with our clients. In addition to the, you know, the traditional, Things like metals, gold and silver, platinum, palladium, real estate. You know, it's here in Belize where a lot of people were talking about real estate while I was here. And, um, you know, other and then the cryptos. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, tumultuousness in the crypto market right now as well. The the uh, coin Luna collapsed the other day and maybe there's some financial shenanigans going on. We don't we, we don't right. really know. Right. And that's pulling down the cryptos, but I think they're also oversold. So if you're sitting on dollars, you know, it's maybe a good time to to look at some of the big, powerful cryptos like Bitcoin, like Ethereum, you know, the major ones. I'm not suggesting any of the, you know, tertiary or, or very, very highly speculative coins. Well, Joe, you mentioned, and, and, and I agree with you 100%. I mean, the cryptos are down around a little over 20 right now, but... I, I think they'll 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 seek back the level, you know, back, that they were at at around forty or so. But the ruble, you know, whether people like what Russia did or not, the fact of the matter is the ruble's stronger now than it was before the sanctions were imposed. That's just the fact of the matter. And I think you have to take a look there and say, Russia's either going to win or lose in Ukraine. But whether it wins or loses, Russia is still going to be there, and it's still going to be a major provider of oil and gas. And rare metals. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Gazprom's another example. It was trading in the 40s not long ago. 
it worked its way down to 10 and then it free fell from 10 to one and then it was delisted. So, and it's not legal right now to, you know, to buy or sell Gazprom, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is the, the price to earnings had, had before it was delisted fell to below one, which is just unheard of. You know, most, most stocks are trading like oil and gas companies. They trade in a 12, 15, the size 20 to one range. So that means if, if you buy the stock today, it's going to take you 20 years of earnings to get your money back. And Gazprom fell to less than one. So that would, that means you would basically be paying for the price of the stock, what the, what the dividend was going to be. Um, of course, right. now they suspended their dividend, but you know, I think that it's pretty clear that whenever this conflict ends, whether it's in a couple of weeks, months, or years, you know, they're sitting on the largest uh, reserves of natural gas in the world. You know, if you look at it purely from an economic play, you know, uh, in fact, if they stop supplying the West for the time being, that just means they have more oil and gas in the ground. And, you know, they've required more and more countries now to pay for oil and gas in rubles rather than dollars. And that's what's caused the, that's what's caused yes. the ruble to actually go up. It, it originally, it was trading around 75. It fell, I think it fell to over 150. Now it's right. back, to, now it's back to about 60. So, you know, from its low, it's up, you know, 300%. Um, and it's higher than it was when the, when the war started. So, you know, Putin understands how that works. A lot of people say that it's, he's basically showing the rest of the world how to, you know, topple the dollar as the world reserve currency. And that's by saying, you know, for certain things that everybody needs, that you're not going to accept dollars anymore. And, you know, like you said, the dollar is a little bit overvalued right now in historic terms. But if it loses its uh, world reserve currency status, you, you could expect the dollar to fall along the same lines. You know, when the, when the British pound stopped being the reserve currency for the world, it fell in a very short period of time by over 40%. And uh, we could we could find the same thing happening, maybe not during the war, but it could happen during the peace, right? Yeah. Once yeah. once everybody's happy and everything is, you put Humpty Dumpty back together, and then people say, well, I don't really need dollars, do I? You know, it's just like when COVID came, people said, I don't I don't really need to go to work to get I don't really need to go need to go to the office to get my work done. And now people are saying, hey, I, I can do global transactions around the world. I don't need the dollar. So when more and more people realize that, I think you are going to see the value of the dollar slip, um, and and maybe quite quickly after the after the hostilities end. I, I do think it's the hostilities that are propping up the dollar right now. So that so the folks down there and in Belize at this major conference. I mean, these were all stakeholders, shareholders, and ECI. So very very savvy, sharp people. Um, did they get that message? Did they seem to understand what you're saying? That uh, folks, you know, you got to look at the future of the dollar and realize, as you said, diversify out. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that like real estate all over the world, but particularly in North America and also here in, in Central America, it's, it's really going up pretty rapidly right now. And I, I think it's because, you know, people would rather have real estate than, than the corresponding amount of dollars, right? Because, if you fast forward three years, five years, ten years, you know if if a if a if a piece of real estate's worth two hundred thousand dollars today, 
in 10 years that real estate will be worth more and the 200,000 will be worth less. So which which do you want to have? I I'd say the same thing about, you know, the cryptos. Again, I'm not an investment advisor. I'm not telling you that, you know, Bitcoin's going to go up down or sideways tomorrow, but you know, Bitcoin is finite. The dollar is infinite. So whenever you're using an infinite asset like a dollar to buy a finite asset, real estate, gold, Bitcoin, then over time, it will always take more and more of those infinite assets to buy the same unit of, of um, you know, of finite assets. And, you know, there's a, there's a concept called Grisham's Law that says, you know, that's sort of behind the scenes, what, what influences people and their buying habits. And, you know, Grisham's Law says that people will always use what they believe to be the less valuable currency. So for a minute, think of everything as a currency, right? Your shirt's a currency, your bowling ball's a currency, your car's a currency, gold's a currency, the crypto's a currency. You've got all these things that are currencies and we're exchanging them one for the other. So the question becomes, which currency are you willing to give up first? And right now, that the currency people are willing to give up first is the dollar. It's not Bitcoin, it's not gold, it's not real estate. And when we come out of war in you, you know, Ukraine and Russia and the world stops sort of artificially flocking to the dollar, I think that that will only speed up more. People won't need dollars to buy oil. Um, they're not going to be, you know, fleeing to the dollar as a safe haven, you know, once the war ends. And I think you're going to see that what they're what they really are going to do is spend their dollars. You know, if you're if you're Japan, if you're China, and you're sitting on huge hordes of, of U.S. dollars, U.S. treasuries, what are you going to do with them? You're going to spend them. You're going to get rid of them for anything. You'll yep. buy metals. Yep. You'll buy real estate. You'll buy whatever because that currency in your mind is deemed over time as being more valuable. You know, I mean, if I buy a, a 30-year treasury bond today at 2.5%, I mean, who in their right mind thinks that 30 years from now that that 2.5% is even going to keep me on pace with inflation. I mean, I'm guaranteed to lose at least half or two thirds of, of my money if I if I put my long-term investments in treasuries. So you're going to spend that treasury. You're going to get rid of it. You're going to get something you perceive as being more valuable. And, you know, at a, at a real estate conference, like um, a meeting like what ECI had, the, you know, the common denominator of the people in the room is that they do highly value real estate. Yes. And, you know, this part of the world by comparison to us and canada it's still very very underpriced you know you can i'm staying in a beautiful condo right now that you know probably if it sold it would sell for 250 300,000 in a beautiful location on the ocean swimming pool the whole deal you know if i was in the same whatever it is 1200 foot condo 1200 square foot condo in miami it would be 10 times that it's going to be you know two and a half three million so so it's more affordable for people to buy when they come and spend time here it's more affordable because the cost of living is lower and the upside you know is much better than you know what's the greater likelihood that my two hundred and fifty thousand dollar condo in belize is going to double in value or my 2.5 million dollar condo in miami is going to double right you know <laughs> for the miami condo the double's got to go up two and a half million dollars my condo here it only has to go up two hundred fifty thousand to get the same return on investment. So I think that's what's causing more and more people 
Um, and but we saw so many people, you know, for the last couple of years because of COVID, people weren't really coming. You know, shareholder meetings were all being done virtually, and we were just um, we were overwhelmed with the number of people who showed up. And then you know they all wanted to talk about this stuff. I mean, I had you know fifty sidebar conversations exactly like this. Yeah, and and. and I- you know, I'm thinking the other day I, I was watching Grant Cardone. You know, I'm a big fan of Cardone. And he was saying that in, if you took a thousand dollar bill, this goes right to what you're saying about the, the dollar becoming worth less and less while land is going up. He said, if you took a thousand dollar bill in 1970, put it in your desk drawer. You know, he had his desk there, closed it. You took it out today. It would be what it would buy would be worth one hundred and twenty dollars. Oh, that's horrifying. By the same token, a piece of land you bought back in 1970 for a thousand dollars could be worth a hundred thousand dollars today. Mm-hmm. And ECI, I think, at you have residential resorts were either in place or being built in six different countries there. And in my opinion, if I want to protect my assets, that's where my money's going. What do you think? Absolutely. You know, I mean, if Again, to, real estate's a good measuring stick because it's finite gold, I think, as well. You know, if you if you talk about before Nixon took us off the gold standard, that same thousand dollars in your example would be, you know, roughly 33 ounces of gold. 33 ounces of gold today would be, you know, that would be 60, $66,000. Wow. So, you know, and I, I remember a few weeks ago we were talking about the, the inverse which is, you know, somebody was selling gasoline and they had the sign that said, you know, it's 20 cents a gallon if paid in pre-1964 um, dimes, quarters, and, you know, half dollars and dollars. And, and so when you, look at, when you think about that, okay, so, you know, because a, 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 an ounce of silver um, now is worth, you know, let's say $20 just to, just to you know, round it off. So, you know, a quarter of an ounce would have been um, $5. And, you know, gasoline in, if you do, if you compare it that way, gasoline, even though we look at it as being very, very expensive, the reality is it's cheaper than it was in 1964. Because in 1964, you were using, you were using these silver coins to pay for your, for your fuel. Right. And so, you know, if you were paying, in, in, in at that time, I, I don't have it. I don't know exactly what the what the price of gasoline was in 1964, but I'll bet it was more than 20 cents. It was 30, 40, 50 cents somewhere somewhere in that range. So in 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 silver terms, oil is cheaper. In dollar terms, oil and gas is much more expensive. So you can see how it influences people's behavior, how they spend, where they buy, how they invest. And um, again, I, you know, I can't say it enough. I'm a lot of times people say, but, but Joel, you said, you know, crypto is going to be good and silver was going to be good and gold was going to be good. And, you know, here we are a month later and it's, you know, it's down 5%. That's because, you know, supply and demand moves these things around all the time. Um, and, and, and so you can't, as an asset protection lawyer, I'm not trying to predict what it's going to be, you know, next week or next month. Uh, but, you know, if you're thinking about your kids, your grandkids, your retirement, you know, things that are that are years and decades uh, in the future, then you want to then, then you want to think about things that are going to protect that wealth. And no matter what things you like, just remember things that are finite 
are always going to be worth more than things that are infinite. And the dollar right now is infinite because the U.S. Fed and the Treasury, they can go print a trillion tomorrow, the next day, the next day, as many days as they want. But any of the assets that we're talking about, you simply can't do that. So over time, they're always going to be inherently more valuable. And Joel, I, I do happen to know what gas was selling for in 1964 was, because was. I was a big fan of, of uh, Andy Griffith's show. Okay. And Homer Pyle used to say, gasoline is 25 cents a ding. 25 air is free. Gasoline is 25 cents a ding. So right. but it dinged at every gallon. So there we go. Well, there you go. I mean, that means in 1964, gas was 25 cents a gallon. And in silver terms, the gas station today, what is that, 58 years later, is willing to sell it to you for less in silver. Instead of 25 cents, they're going to sell it to you for 20 cents. So that means in silver terms, you know, gasoline's gotten 25% cheaper. But in dollar terms, it's what, 20, 20 times more expensive or more. Oh, yeah. So horrible, horrible. Well, so your advice to the folks down there, diversify, get out of the dollar, get into land. Good sum, good summation. You know, all those things. I mean, land is a, is an easy one because, you know, it, it gives you not only the upside from an investment, you know, just like Bitcoin and and gold and those things, but it also provides at the same time for an alternate lifestyle plan B, where you can go, you can spend time, you know, you can't live in your, in your gold, you can't, you know, you can't, you know, live in a pile of Bitcoin, but you buy a nice condo in Belize, and yes, you can get a twofer, you can go live there, and it's going to increase in value all at the same time. And to find that land, I just happen to have this right here, you are a partner in ECI, and folks right there, uh, all six of those developments I just talked about, check it out, check it out. And for more in-depth advice, go right there. Nagel Law. All right. Thank you, Kurt. It's fantastic. Joel, thank you very, very much. This has been great. Very informative, very helpful as usual. And enjoy Belize. And where will we see? Where will you be next week when we talk? Uh, Next week, I am going to be in my office in Pittsburgh. I'm looking forward to it. I actually travel home tomorrow. I have uh, two graduations over the weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and but by late Monday, I'll be back in my home, which I haven't spent much time in recently, uh, just because of all the activity everywhere. Tuesday, I'll be in my office. So I look forward to talking to you from there. It's great. Thank you. Thank you great. for joining us. All right, folks. Thank you. There you go. Straight from the assets oracle. Uh, where to put your money? How do I diversify, protect it? So I tell you every week, let's do this thing. <laughs>